I can always find great content from Jesus Smart, bring in a perspective that is challenging to believers and challenging to non-believers too. Great stuff. Keep it up, sir. You're tuned to episode 235 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. Coming up, ideas are for living. Ideas are king. Make no mistake about it. If you think big ideas don't reach into your life, well, you may be in for a surprise. Welcome, friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best. He's our Redeemer. He's our Savior. He's bringing his story, his kingdom to this earth, and he's passionate right now about developing his followers as intimate friends and co-agents in his kingdom. If you want to go further with King Jesus and his enterprise, his kingdom, this may be a good podcast for you. Ideas are seeds. They germinate, they develop, and they bear fruit, right? Most of us underestimate the power and effect of ideas in general. In this episode, I have five tips for you to have better ideas for living, and then we have a prayer together at the end. You can see the show notes page, jesussmart.com slash 235. Beware of the transforming power of ideas over your life. I don't know much about economics, okay? I don't pretend to be an economist. I think I took a couple economics courses in college when I was considering a uh, business minor to a uh, theological and church history major, and um, I didn't like economics. I'm just not naturally bent that way. I think I got C's in those courses. I probably could have done better if I would have applied myself more, but um, I don't know much about economics, and um, I probably don't know too much about political philosophy either. I think I know a little bit more about political philosophy than economics, but I know enough to say this. Look, I'm not a fan of the economist John Maynard Keynes. You may have heard of him. Although, I like this statement he has. I like his ideas about ideas. Here's his statement. The ideas of economists and political philosophers, both when they are right and when they are wrong, are more powerful than is commonly understood. Indeed, the world is ruled by little else now, I come to you in this podcast as a uh, Christ follower, as somebody who loves the thoughts of God, and I understand that God's thoughts are in contrast to the thoughts of this world system. We understand that, don't we? And so there's a real sense in which uh, the battle, the, the contest, the, con- the tension that's at play is about ideas. It's about thoughts. Keynes is right ideas. The world is ruled by little else. But it's not just ideas about economics and political philosophy that affect our lives. What about those who think they can avoid the influence of big ideas? Have you ever thought that way? Let me just put my head in the sand like a, uh, like, you know, like an ostrich. Isn't that a picture, an amazing picture? How do you hide from a predator or, or keep yourself hidden as a big old bird like an ostrich just by putting your head in the ground? Well, it doesn't work, does it? What about this notion that we can avoid the influence of big ideas? I think John Maynard Keynes also wrote in his book, If You're Nerds, <laughs> The General Theory of Employment, Interest, and Money. Some of you will like that. Okay, here's what he says. Practical men. Okay, you think you're practical and concrete and just living in the real the real world. Practical men who believe themselves to be quite exempt from any intellectual influences are usually 
Listen to this. They are usually the slaves of some defunct economist, madmen in authority who hear voices in the air are distilling their frenzy from some academic scribbler of a few years back. I like to say this, everything in the ivory tower, just about everything eventually trickles down into society and into culture. It may take several decades. It may take half a century, but it comes. It's important what's being talked about there. So madmen in authority, think of Hitler, think of the great tyrants in history who hear voices in the air are actually distilling their frenzy from some academic scribbler of a few years back, and they may not even know it, or maybe they do know it. They probably do know it. Now, could we be living under the influence of these pens and these keyboards and not even know it? I would like to suggest to you that we are. Now, here's a big case in point. Everybody knows about the English naturalist Charles Darwin. He lived from 1809 to 1882. I think this is going to blow you away. His ideas are reaching right now into your life today, whether you know it or not, whether you're in touch with it or not, whether you can follow the breadcrumbs and read the tea leaves and, and you know connect the dots or not. Here's a, here's a big case in point. The English naturalist Charles Darwin's ideas are reaching right into your home today right into your life today, right into the society in which you live. He was the official naturalist aboard the HMS Beagle. This was a ship that circled the globe throughout the Southern Hemisphere on a scientific survey expedition between the years 1831 and 1836, five years. And on this journey, he was studying geology, plants, animals, and fossils. In 1859, after this expedition, which ended in 1836, so let's see, maybe two and a half decades later, he published his famous On the Origin of Species, presenting his theory of natural selection and evolution. And though his interest began in science, listen to me, though his interest began in science, his ideas of natural selection and evolutionary theory began to creep into other fields of study. By 1871, okay, so the expedition, the, the ship expedition was 1831 to 1836. In 1859, he wrote The Origin of the Species, and then by 1871, which would have been, what, 22, no, just 12 years after he wrote origin of species, Darwin began to develop concepts about evolutionary psychology. What? I thought he was studying animals and fossils and plants. Now he's developing evolutionary psychology thoughts, evolutionary ethics. Ah, now our ethics in the societies in which we live can evolve. Situational ethics. And he was developing concepts about how evolutionary theory could be applied to society. And he wrote about this in another book that he wrote later called The Descent of Man. Do you see how ideas are like seeds, how they expand, how they grow and mutate? They have a viral capacity to them and how they enter into other domains of study and thought. 
And Darwin used to be a Christian, but his Christian faith had devolved over the course of his life. So ideas are seeds. They germinate, they develop, they expand, they influence. A man by the name of Herbert Spencer, who lived between 1820 and 1903, he was a British philosopher. Okay, Charles Darwin is from Britain as well. Herbert Spencer, he was a British philosopher, a sociological theorist, and a political theorist. Okay, here we go. He is known for coining the phrase survival of the fittest after reading The Origin of the Species. Okay, so it wasn't Charles Darwin who came up with that famous phrase, survival of the fittest. It was Herbert Spencer, this British philosopher, sociological theorist, and political theorist, later came up with that phrase after reading Darwin's work. Number one, the seeds of natural selection and evolutionary thought were in Darwin, right? Started in Darwin. Number two, Spencer later diffused evolutionary theory into much wider spheres, including the human mind, culture, sociology, society, ethics, and political theory. He became a social Darwinist. So let's just frame that again. Charles Darwin began with studying plants, animals, fossils, developed his theory of natural selection and evolutionary theory. By the way, it's, it's come under much question today with further, further research into um, cellular structure and the Cambrian explosion, the missing record of fossils, all, all kinds of things. It's taboo to talk about it. If you're a scientist, be courageous. And, you know, if you open your mouth about it, but there are many scientists who are now questioning it. That's another topic. Maybe we can come to that. You see, my friend, because I believe that God has something to say about everything. I believe that his worldview and his thoughts, of course, frame everything. Okay, let's get back to this. Number one, the seeds of natural selection and evolutionary thought were in Darwin, just from a natural plane. But number two, Spencer came later and he took Darwin's evolutionary theory and he diffused it into much wider spheres of, of thought, much wider domains of study, including the human mind, culture, sociology, society, ethics, and political theory. Now, did you know, my friend, that social Darwinistic thought is affecting your life today? I mean, here's, here's just four examples of how it's fundamentally affecting areas of thought today and areas of life. Here's first one, fundamentally changing the value of human life in a society. Oh, yes, it is. Social Darwinistic thought is fundamentally changing the value of human life in a society. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another way. It's shaping psychological counseling. Oh, yes, it is. Social Darwinistic thought has been shaping secular psychological counseling. It's even, here's a third one, it's even unleashing the suffocating, stifling effects of radical environmentalism and the economic impact of radical environmentalism and the employment impact and the impact upon developing nations of radical environmentalism. And here's a biggie. Social Darwinistic thought is even ballooning. 
I like saying that word, ballooning, the size of the federal government's role in your life. Oh, yes, it is, my friend. And we need to build these out and develop these more because, as I say, predication of this of this podcast is that Jesus is infinite brilliance and has something to say about everything. We are just humble Christ followers on his coattails. We can receive something of the mind of Christ. We can grow. Our minds can be transformed. We're not saying that we're smart. We're saying that Jesus is smart. Consider changing the value of human life in a society, shaping psychological counseling, radical environmentalism, and even ballooning the size of the federal government's role in our lives. John Maynard Keynes, he clearly saw the supremacy of ideas. Do we? That's the question. I would suggest that we underestimate the power of ideas and their impact. Most of us underestimate it. Evolutionary thought is just a case study. We don't even fully appreciate the scale, you know, to which it has spread in the late 19th century and on through the 20th century and into our time in the 21st century. It has reached every conceivable realm of study. It has increasingly influenced modern history since the early 1900s, over 100 years ago. Darwinistic thought is just one example of the power and influence of ideas. So, you see, for good or for bad, ideas always rule. When bad ideas rule, we have these, quote, madmen in places of authority and influence. It becomes perfect madness. Now, we're going to come back to this in future podcasts, and we're going to be dealing with some things I sense like the Great Reset and what does a biblical Christian worldview have to say about globalism. We're going to bring it right down into the practical, concrete aspects of our lives. Let's become proactive about ideas. Here's four quick tips. Number one, read, read, and read, and read more than you think you need to read, and read outside of your normal interest as well. You will be surprised at how reading will broaden you. It will inform the way you think. It will help you in conversations. It will even shape your prayer. And the Lord uses these inputs and a broadening knowledge in prayer and in the ministry contribution that you bring to the world, the kingdom contribution that you bring to the table. Now, what this means is less screen time and more read time. Almost a poet and almost know it, right? That's what it means. It means carving out time, scheduling time in your week to read. I'm shocked. I'm appalled at the statistic that college graduates then typically read one more book in their lifetime. Are you kidding me? What is that? How can you live like that? I don't know. It's not right. They won't parent as well. I don't believe. I don't believe they'll be, their marriage will be as well. I don't believe the quality of their life and work will be as much as it could be if they were con- to continue reading. There is nothing quite like a good reading plan, a good reading list, and there is nothing like reading the right book at the right time in the right way. It's almost sacramental when that happens. God's grace works through it. So reading. 
And can I add, well, I'm going to come to that. Here's number two, okay? Tips to have better ideas. Becoming more proactive in cultivating your thought life inputs. Minimize passive activity like television, social media, and movies. Okay, this is, this is, oh, it's a mild expression of gangster Brian now coming with some hard coaching. Okay. All right. Becoming more proactive in cultivating your life thought inputs, minimizing this passive activity, which really degrades the mind, television, social media, movies, and maximize, here we go, maximize proactive activity like reading and quality conversation and informal and formal learning courses on and on. Hey, today there is no excuse with the internet with online learning opportunities, both paid and free. And I'm talking, there are some quality free online learning opportunities, super high level, collegiate level, grad level stuff. All right. But cultivating your thought life inputs, maximizing reading and quality conversation and continued learning. Keep graduating. Go from one level to the next. What? Your high school graduation is not your final graduation. Your college graduation, your grad school graduation, your PhD graduation, that's not your final graduation. That's not your final commencement. Life is nothing but commencement. Commencement means new beginnings. And Jesus says to come and learn from me. Do you think following Jesus means you can't learn or will stop learning? Gangster Brian here. I can can feel it. All right. Here's a third bullet point. Journaling. Would you please write down what you're thinking? Don't just take notes, make notes. Don't just, I've been doing some research in this area a little bit. Don't just record verbatim what somebody else is saying. Make your notes, rewrite them in your own thoughts, combine them with other ideas. That's where the power is at. That's where ideas spawn new ideas. That's where the mind is being renewed. It's powerful, but it starts with writing. You can use a keyboard, and I use powerful note-making apps myself, but there's research is also talking about, I would blend it with analog writing. Research is talking about the power, the powerful n- neurological benefit. What, what do they call it? Neurolinguistics, maybe? Just the actual physical neurological process of writing and the imprinting on the brain that happens when you write record these new ways of, of uh, you know, seeing and understanding that you're coming into. And it's always with the hope of taking your best ideas that you're capturing and activating those areas in, in the future. Writing will actually bring clarity to your ideas. You know, forcing it out through the pen and through the keyboard will actually help to articulate and crystallize your thinking. This is so good. Continue to grow together with your spouse. Continue to grow together with your friends. Continue to grow together with those you run with. If you're running with a bunch of dummies who don't want to learn anymore, I'm not saying be mean and just like totally cut them off out of your life, but I think you need some new people to run with and you need to major on that and minor on people that don't give a flying apple about, what's that, a flying apple? I don't know, but but don't, don't care one lick about learning. All right, journaling. And here's another point. From the understanding of a, of a Christ worldview, a Christ-following worldview, major on scripture intake. 
All the other reading is great, but major on scripture intake. Read for breadth, read for depth, study, memorize, meditate. I challenge you, try it and see if it doesn't generate creative and elevating ideas to fuel your life. Can I say that again? I put out a challenge to major on scripture intake in various dimensions, in various ways, and I challenge you to try it and see if it does not generate creative ideas, elevating ideas to fuel a higher life for you in Christ. There is something about the Word of God. There's an intangible inspiration and breath of God on it and wisdom of God through it and the living voice of the Lord through it to you, which excites and incites faith in you. You will live a better life. The people around you are counting on it. The people in your world actually sort of deserve you, deserve it. They deserve the best you as a Christ follower. They deserve the best value you can bring to their lives to serve them. How can you serve the world around you better? Right? Become a better Christ follower via the word of God. One last point. Seek to understand more of the history of big ideas. Of course. Again, these big ideas affect you. You need to understand from a worldview perspective what some of these macro big ideas are and how they are affecting the society, the culture, and coming right down into your home, right down into the lives of your kids and grandkids. You need to understand why. So you can pray. So you can say. So you can talk about these ideas. Okay, little alliteration here. So you can pray it. So you can say it. And so you can get in the game and play it, get in the game of ideas and be a countercultural influence. Just a survey of the history of big ideas would be valuable. Read a quality book about it or gather some quality articles over time. Listen to some quality podcast episodes. All right. So we only hurt ourselves and the things we care about when we're ignorant. <laughs> When we underestimate the power of ideas, we're only hurting ourselves. We're only dropping the ceiling down over our life. And we're not being the expanding, elevating influence that we could be in our personal world. Those we care about, those we're called and assigned to influence, your ministry, your reach. Don't underestimate the power of ideas the transforming power of ideas. We're going to come back to more of this. Father God, would you pray with me for just a moment or two? Father God, your word says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I thank you for the inspired words of the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 55. But Father, we give thanks because you freely give us your thoughts. For it continues as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it to bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall succeed in the purpose for which I sent it. Thank you, Lord. So we ask that you would help us, that, that you would actually open our minds by the Spirit to understand and to receive more of your ways of thinking 
and we're grateful, Father. We give you glory, God. We honor you. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ, that we can grow in the mind of Christ. We thank you that we don't have to be conformed to this fallen world system around us, but we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove and test out and show forth what God's will is, that which is good, acceptable to you, and complete and perfect. Thank you, Father. We thank you that according to Paul's words in Ephesians, that the very spirituality of our minds can be renewed. The very way that we comport our thinking, the very spirit in which we comport our thinking can be renewed, renewed by the Holy Spirit, regenerated, regened. Take us up, Lord, into higher ways of thinking. Thank you, Father. May we pray from that place. May we, may we speak from that place. May we live from that place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory, Father. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. You can go to the show notes page for this episode to take it further at jesussmart.com slash 235. Hey, friend, you may want to uh, subscribe, consider subscribing and being notified when when new episodes go live in your favorite podcast app. You may also want to consider receiving the e-letter that we send out. It's designed to keep you updated about new things and resourcing and goes out pretty much weekly. We're trying to maintain that consistent continuity of weekly. And you can sign up for that at jesussmart.com slash newsletter. We're all seeking to level up with Christ. We call it the Kingdom Brew Newsletter. It's the only newsletter that never gains weight and stays in summer shape. Okay, if a newsletter can do that, we hope this one can. <laughs> All right. Have you thought about the uh, wildoxprayer.com podcast, wildoxprayer.com? These are short episodes, about 10 minutes. They're, they're tight. We give a kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we pursue a quick lead on a prayer together for culture, society, and the nation's various issues that are happening in the country and even geopolitically around the world, wildoxprayer.com. It's brand new. Hey, thank you for passing this episode 235 along to your friends and contacts. Uh, this is always the best way. The best syndication is always your personal connection with others. Future belongs to Jesus, and can we say so does the now? He's brilliant. Walk with him. You're going to catch his brilliance in a unique way, and I look forward to being with you next time. 